Welcome to Off the Cuff with SDJ, a podcast about everyday life from the spiritual, the physical, and the metaphysical perspective. Each week, I'll bring you episodes that have a casual, laid-back, informal, and spontaneous look at this thing we call life. I'm Sunny Don Johnston. Now let's get started. Hey there, hey there, hey there, friends. Welcome to Off the Cuff with SDJ. That's me here today with you at 111 plus a couple of minutes um, Pacific time. Happy to see all of you here. So come on in, my friends. Say hello. Let me know you're with me. You can hear me and you can see me. We're going to get started in just a couple of minutes with my beautiful and amazing guest, Foxy Jackson. I uh, can't wait to introduce you all to her and um, share some of the um, um, knowledge and wisdom that she has. Uh, an amazing woman with a, a really... Um, Wow, she does a lot of great work in the world. So happy to uh, be able to bring uh, these light workers to our our community and to this forum. So come on in, friends, and say hello. So I know you're there, and I can see you, and you're with me, and we're all good to go. And then I will introduce Foxy in just a couple of minutes. Hey, Pam, good to see you. Hi, Tanya. Hello, Linda. Good to see you, my friend. Hi, Jen. Hello, Mark. Awesome. Good to see you guys. Hey, Michelle. Hi, Deborah. Come on in, friends. Say hello. Today, we are going to be talking about um, past traumas, why it's important to do the healing work around that so you don't bring that into your your moment-to-moment, day-to-day life that you're living now, your present moment. So come on in, friends. Hi, Pam. Hey, Vincy. Hi, Kathy. Teresa. Hey, Tony. Janelle, Victoria, great to see you. Um, Hello, Debbie and Jen. Thank you, Linda. Hi, Susie and Juliana. Great to see you guys. All right, awesome. So I'm going to bring on the fabulous Foxy Jackson. Are you all ready? Hang tight one second. Let me go and grab her. Hey, Foxy, how are you? Hey, how are you? I'm really good. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you, too. Yes, very excited for this conversation. I want to first read your bio and introduce you so people know a little bit about your background, all right? And then we'll just dig in. All right. Okay, friends. So Foxy Brown is a two-time international best-selling author, a registered nurse of 23 years, a sexual assault nurse examiner of three years, master Reiki practitioner, certified youth coach, and mentor, and a community advocate. Additionally, she holds a bachelor's in psychology and is pursuing her bachelor's in nursing um, and is the founder of I Speak Foxy, a nonprofit organization for sexual assault awareness, prevention, and healing. Her life goal is to help people understand that that their relationship with their past traumas affects their current life and what to do about it. Although her focus is sexual violence, she understands that all traumas have an effect on the body, mind, and soul. Welcome, my friend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It is such an honor. (laughs) I'm so so excited to have you here. All right. So here's my first question just right off the top. Um, That last sentence, understanding that all traumas have an effect on the mind, body, and soul. So obviously, you've done a lot of, of training and research and had a lot of experience in trauma. Um, how did you, how did you start down that path? Like what, 
called you into working with trauma victims, specifically in your case, sexual assault um, victims? Um, I suppose it would begin with my own sexual traumas mm -hmm. that started from when I was a child mm -hmm. all the way into my adulthood. I've been a nurse, like you said, for 23 years, and there are times that I wanted to get out of nursing. I was like, this is just not for me. It's not working. I, there are certain things about nursing I dislike. And I was like, okay, fine. Let me find something that merges my experience as a nurse with my love for helping those who have experienced sexual traumas. That's when I found the sexual assault nurse examiner. Mm -hmm. And doing that made me learn more about trauma-informed care. Mm -hmm. And it also helped me understand many of the side effects of sexual trauma that no one really talks about. It helped me understand how the body responds to trauma, how it responds to stress, um, how multiple stresses and traumas back to back cause the body to kind of turn on itself, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And all of that affects our soul and our spirit because we're spiritual beings. So mm -hmm. that's how I got started. <laughs> so when you said, um, you know, I discovered a lot of things that nobody actually talks about or isn't really brought up. What Give us a couple of those. What what types of things happen? Because I think that obviously isn't it one in three or one in four mm -hmm. women that are are have some sort of sexual assault and and I don't know what the numbers are for men, one in eight or something. Is that, is that uh, about one in six one in that six. are reported that are yeah. right? Exactly. That, that are, are reported. reported. <laughs> and that's really good, really yeah. good to be aware of that piece of it, of course, yes. because I'm sure many of us have not only had the experience, but have been on the side of it, that it wasn't reported. Right. Um, and so when, when you're talking for, for those of us that have had some form of that type of experience, when you said, you know, the things that aren't talked about, that people don't know about, what are a couple of those that really kind of, because you see this over and over again, being um, uh, somebody that's a support in the hospital setting, what, what is that, Foxy? One of the things that comes to mind first is how your brain shuts off. So when you're having a traumatic experience, that can be any type of trauma, whether it's someone passed away or you got hit by a car. Um, when you talk to people, a lot of times they'll say everything was seemed to slow down. Mm -hmm. You could tell everything from second to second. Um, but when it's over, everything speeds up and you don't really know how to tell those events in chronological order. Mm -hmm. So what happens when you're having a stressful event is the cognitive part of the brain shuts down. And the only part that's working is the survival part, the part that keeps you breathing, that keeps your body in the fight or flight stress um, mode, which is actually fight, flight, um, flee, or appease. And we don't really talk about the appease part, which mm -hmm. is let's be nice to them so maybe they don't hurt us. Sure. Um, but when we explain the fact that your brain cuts off, then it helps you understand why that person may not have made a decision that seemed to have been thinking. You know, didn't you think that through or weren't you thinking? Well, actually I wasn't because mm -hmm. my brain shut off, you know? Right. And then after the event, the fact that it's difficult to put those events into words. Many a times the person will remember what they smelled, what it felt right. like, um, different sounds that they heard, but they can't remember all the details 
in a row, you know, in a chronological order. So because of that, many people don't believe them. Mm -hmm. They say they're making it up. And so the person who had the experience begins to think that they're crazy. That was what I thought about myself. Um, Or maybe it didn't happen like I thought it happened. Mm -hmm. But it's just because it's the function of the body. It's a normal function that the body does in order to survive. Isn't that fascinating? Because I think so often uh, when you even see, you know, more high profile cases and things like that, that's oftentimes what uh, the story is as well. They're not telling the truth because they're not telling it in the same order. They said it one time, one way, and then another Mm -hmm. time, another way. And so the reality of it is that the reason that's happening is because at any given moment, you're only remembering certain aspects of it. Um, that that don't necessarily, it's not like a cohesive story like we would read. Right, right. It's difficult to put those things in ABC order. Even when I was writing this book, um, it's the difficult in writing this book is because I've had to revisit some of those traumas. And oftentimes I'll tell people to use a journal to actually write things down when you're feeling stressed or emotional because it forces your brain to turn on. Yeah. So you're able to put things into words that you wouldn't ordinarily be able to put into words. Mm-hmm. And it brought a bunch of aha moments, things that I hadn't put in order, you know, and then once I put them in order, it was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize maybe my mother did really care about me, you know, right. because right. my brain was was taking things all out of order. Right. Well, yeah. and, and, and I think on the other side of that. Um, one of the things that, cause I'm a big fan and I'm always talking about journal, write it out, mm-hmm. get it out of your body so that you can actually yes. see it. And what and I think, so, so that also to me would explain why people have so much resistance to that because yes. the resistance is I don't want to write it because I don't actually know what's going to come out. Right? right. There's some fear around that. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And just having to feel those emotions again. Sure. Because they're abnormal. They're, they really feel abnormal to feel. And it's hurtful. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of times when we're in that traumatic event, whatever the event might be, um, our perception of things can be off. So like that example yeah. you just said, maybe my mother actually really does care. But my yeah. perception, not that not that I'm not that I'm wrong, but the way that I saw it from this yes. angle looks different than the way that it was from this angle. Yeah. 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 So, so when we think about that and we're like, okay, so, so we've got to be able to, and and I think what you, what you had said is, you know, past traumas certainly affect our lives today and Mm -hmm. what can we do to, to change them? So I'm imagining there's something around having to acknowledge, you know, uh, at least on some level, some kind of trauma, but what would your process be if you are someone that recognizes that you've had some trauma and you don't, maybe you don't identify all of the pieces. Cause I think that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty common, right? That you don't, right. you don't remember all the pieces. You just know aspects of it or, or parts of right. it or stories you've heard even. So how do you then heal it or shift it so that it's not affecting your now present moment life? Um, the first thing that I have people do when I walk them through this process is learn what the body does when it's in a traumatic or stressful event, how the blood pressure is raised, how the eyes are constricted, how your vision, your perception is narrowed, 
um, the effects on your liver and your kidneys and your bladder, your intestines, because then you can understand why you're having some of the different health conditions that you're having. Mm -hmm. um, and it adds to the motivation because many times when we've gone through these types of things, we're motivated to do it for someone else, right. but maybe not do it for ourselves. Right. So that's the first step is understanding what trauma actually does to the body. Because a lot of times what you're, what I'm hearing you say, Foxy, is that a lot of times people don't relate the trauma from the history to the manifestation of illness or disease right. happening in the body now today. Right. So when you can connect those two, which is so important and so many uh, of my l listeners and viewers know I'm always talking about the mind, body, energy, yes. emotion connection. And, and so I think that's a really good point to acknowledge, okay, if when this happens, then this happens and we mm -hmm. can start creating that connection. Yes. Okay. So that's number yeah. one. Number one. Then the next one is to make a decision. Make the decision that you want to heal from this event by any means necessary. And I say that because one thing that I say, even in the book, is that your healing should never be contingent upon receiving from someone something you may never, ever get. Amen. So you may never get that apology. You may never get that acknowledgement. You may never get that person to say, um, I love you, or I'm sorry, or that person to come back to life. But you have to be willing to do what's necessary to heal even if you never receive those things. Mm -hmm. Because once you make a decision to do it, nothing can stop you. You'll be willing to do those next steps. Um, the next step is to learn how to love yourself. And that takes a lot of work. And when I speak of love, I'm not just speaking of the emotion, of the happy, glorious, yay, hoo-ha. I'm speaking of being vulnerable with yourself. Be vulnerable enough with yourself to be feeling those emotions, to acknowledge the fact that it hurts, to acknowledge the fact that I haven't gotten over this, that I blame myself for that or blame myself for this. And then you're able to forgive yourself for those moments. Forgive yourself for allowing yourself to be stuck in that moment. Because many times we don't realize we're stuck there. Right. You'll see, for example, grown adults that throw temper tantrums, mm -hmm. all out temper tantrums. <clears throat> and you're like, why are they acting like a kid? Mm -hmm. But what you don't know is their emotional body is stuck at the toddler who was abused and didn't know how to handle those emotions because they were too much. They were overwhelming. Right. 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 Um, we definitely have to journal. We have to get it out. Mm -hmm. Because that energy sits wherever you hold your stress and it festers and it causes disorder in your body. Um, if you want research about that, they have now researched it and they call it ACEs, which is Adverse Childhood Experiences. And mm -hmm. they have found that those who have two or more ACEs um, also have manifestations of high blood pressure, diabetes, have cancer, they have digestive issues. So it's more important than just following the fad of let's heal. Mm -hmm. It's all inclusive. It includes your entire being. Right, right. And, 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 and it's more important than looking at it to get your, um, the expectation of 
you know, having people believe you or having people um, acknowledge you or to mm-hmm. give you the, 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 even the love that's that, that, that they couldn't, it's more right. important than that is to find that within yourself so that you can take your power back from those experiences and heal. Yes. Yes. And realizing that you have the power. So right. it's nothing you have to go search for. Right. You just have to awaken it because right. even the native American chiefs say that the greatest <laughs> warriors are those who are filled with compassion because you have to have compassion upon yourself in order to be able to fight for yourself yeah. or fight for any cause. You have to have some sort of compassion. That's well, kind of hard for us sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm teaching a class right now. We're on day eight of a 10 day class. It's all about releasing fear. And actually that was today's conversation is loving ourselves yeah. that to, to release the fear and to heal the fears is learning how to love ourselves. And, you know, went through a process and then not only to love ourselves, but in the process of loving ourselves, what we do is learn to have compassion mm-hmm. for ourselves, and then we can have compassion for others. We do it the opposite way. We have compassion for others yes. for ourselves, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And we got we to learn that, okay, let's start with us mm-hmm. because then we have that ability and we're filled up to be able to then not lose our energy and power when we give it to others. Right. Right. I actually, that was one of my um, moments in writing the book um, because I, we always hear about the story of comparing that to the oxygen on the airplanes and you give yourself oxygen first before you can help others. The same goes for love and being vulnerable. Um, You have to learn to love yourself and fill yourself with love and vulnerability before you can give it to someone else. Otherwise you do it from a deficiency. Yes. And I, I looked at some of the experiences that my mother had gone through and some of the experiences that I had gone through and realized that we were both loving from a place of deficiency. Mm-hmm. So it was a deficient love. It was right. love because you it's difficult to say, well, you didn't love me. Well, it's mm-hmm. not that you didn't love me. It's that your love was deficient because you weren't loving yourself first. Yeah. So it wasn't an overflow. It mm-hmm. was too much. It was some that you needed to give yourself to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful way of of expressing it. Uh, I love that. I I always use the word depleted, but mm-hmm. it's the same. It's the same intention. The same thing. Yeah. Not having not having enough because we're not filling ourselves up with right. that. To then be able to give too, because if we don't have it, we don't have it to give. Right. Yeah. 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 I love that. So when you when you are working to have compassion for yourself. Um, and, and I understand, I understand, you know, that there's a lot of different pieces to it. What's the first thing that just comes to you when you think about compassion for yourself, because especially when we're talking about trauma and we're talking about sexual, um, abuse and assault and things like that, compassion is something people get so judgmental. They're so critical of themselves. Why was I in that place? Why did I talk to that person? Why did I, you know, if only I, et cetera, how do you turn that around? I'm sure I'm sure for you, you've learned how to have this compassion for those that you're working with. Mm -hmm. How do you help them to find that compassion for themselves? I have to remind them that sexual assault is not about sex. Mm -hmm. It's not about what you have on. Mm -hmm. It's not about where you were, what you were doing. It's about power. Yeah. It's about someone else not feeling powerful within themselves. And so they go to take it from someone else. 
It's the same as someone robbing someone. Mm -hmm. They don't feel like they have what they need, so they go and take it from someone else. And that is not always easy because I still have to remind myself now. And for some people, it's like she's so... She's so great and she's come so far, but there's still someone somewhere else to go. It's a never ending process. It goes on forever. Yeah. Um, I had to learn to sit with my thoughts and listen to the things that I was saying to myself, mm-hmm. the counter things. When someone says you're pretty, I countered that with no, I'm not because I have this and that. And you know, I can pick out all these negatives. And what I do is I allow myself to pick out those negatives I listen to that and then I go right back to the compliment and I say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you you flip it for yourself. So you you acknowledge it though. So I think this is so key because this is exactly what I'm teaching in my fear classes. When you just push it down and pretend that you say, have you thought, but you just push it down and pretend Mm -hmm. it doesn't exist, then you add energy to it. But when you just acknowledge it, oh yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Thank you very much for the positive thought. You flip it back. So you actually take the energy of that into you. Yes. 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 That's a really, guys, that's a really good point. I hope you caught that. And I also love Foxy that, um, that, that you said that because that's saying that sexual assault is not about sex. I think Mm -hmm. most of us know this cognitively. We know this intellectually. We know Mm -hmm. that it's about power, but it's so difficult to, um, embody that mm-hmm. when it's you or your daughter or your sister, or whoever, or your brother, whatever it is, that I think that oftentimes what we have to remember is that it's somebody wanting power, taking it from you, but then you can take it back. Yes. You can take your power back from, yes. you can't take your sex back, right. but you can always take your power back. Yes. Absolutely. I love, love, love that. And a lot of that has to do with just trying to explain. We all want an explanation for things that happen. Right. So just trying to explain why did this happen? And when you ask yourself that question, the only answers you have are those that social media and the media, mm-hmm. uh, like television Society. media and the, the movies and stuff have said is the reason why this thing happens. Right. And, and all of those are untrue. Um, I can walk down the street without any clothing on and I'm never asking for someone to sexually assault me. Certainly. Just like when you park your car, you don't ask for someone to break into it. Right. Whether you lock the doors or not. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's all about retraining your thoughts and dissecting your beliefs mm-hmm. and seeing which ones you actually believe and which ones you were actually just taught. Right. Right. And trained into societal yes. to to believe that, OK, well, if a woman wore a low cut shirt, mm-hmm. then that meant that she was wanting. Right. Something versus. Um, I like the shirt. It right. feels good to me. It's a pretty color. <laughs> it fits well. It's da 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 da. Right. Yeah. So I have a question on here, and, and and I think it's a great question. This is what about the sexual molestation of a child? Mm-hmm. How can that be a power grab from a child? Oh yes, children are vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're vulnerable. They can't do for themselves. Yeah. It's the same as sexually assaulting an elderly person. Mm-hmm. And trust me, they get sexually assaulted too. Yes. And they often do not <clears throat> say anything about it because they're embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Because most of the ones who are elders right now 
grew up in a very, very conservative time and they don't talk about it. Yes. But children, and, and actually children is what I use when people say that your clothing is what caused someone to sexually assault you. They right. sexually assault babies, mm -hmm. babies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the baby's not doing anything to be sexual, but existing. Right. Well, and, and, and what greater power than when you take the power over someone that has don't does not have the ability to yes. um, hold their own power. That's right. going to be one of the greatest power trips. It doesn't mm -hmm. make sense in your mind because your mind can't think the way that the perpetrators think. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I, I love that you've shared that because I think that so many people struggle with, you know, I think a lot of us, a lot of us um, as beings have had different types of traumas and different types of abuses. Mm -hmm. I, I wrote about, um, an experience that I had, um, God, decades ago, three decades ago, I think I was about 25 or so. And, and somebody actually put something in my drink. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and so when I, they didn't get anywhere because I'm really sensitive to stuff. So I went in the bathroom to throw up and hit my head, passed out, you know, two black eyes, the whole bit. Yeah. And, and, and I, and it, and that saved me right from having a, a circumstance that could have been worse. Right. Um, but I think that so often people, I'm not talking women, guys, people, mm -hmm. they don't share the ex experiences that they've had because they feel ashamed or that they've done mm -hmm. something wrong. Yes. And, and hopefully what you, all of you are hearing is that that is not something that you do wrong. It's something that someone that is trying to get power does wrong. Mm -hmm. And usually that person had that experience oftentimes happen to them, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the other side of the yes. cycle. Is it's a cycle. I'm sure yes. you've, you've seen that over and over and over again. Absolutely. And, and the, another thing we have to realize too is that growing up, often the, the, when we quote get in trouble, it is what did you do? Mm -hmm. Or why did you do that? Right. And then we get our punishment. So when we become adults, and something happens to us mm -hmm. that feels like a punishment, then we yes. want to know what did we do? Right. And it's easy to blame ourselves than it is to blame someone else because we're supposed to take care of ourselves. We're supposed to be, you know, these super powerful people. Mm -hmm. But in reality, there are people out there who spend their days and their nights thinking about how they can take advantage of someone who's vulnerable. Right, right. And what we can do is we can take our power back mm -hmm. we do have that ability no matter no matter what we have that ability absolutely yeah so yeah. when you talk about the trauma happening in the past and then not letting that trauma take take your life in the present mm -hmm. moment um and you've given us a lot of tips and i know you've mentioned a couple times the book the book the book so let me tell everybody the book okay so the book <laughs> is called lies and lullabies lies yes. and lullabies it's actually in the editing process right now, which is yes. really exciting. So yes, I am. <laughs> this is your, your first um, single book for yourself, yes. right? You're not a yes. collaborator. Yes. yes. So lies and lullabies. So share with us a little bit about what, what it is. So when mm -hmm. people are ready to go find it, when it's available, they can. Yeah. Um, I wrote lies and lullabies. It's been 27 years writing this book and I can't even remember how many titles. <laughs> <laughs> but it goes from my childhood all the way up to graduating high school. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, and it talks about the different lies that I was told, the different lies I believed, the different traumas I experienced. And I, instead of writing a book that goes from one trauma to the next, to the next, to the next, there are breaks in there. There are activities, there are healing processes. There are things that you can journal about to help you get through this process. Maybe you resonate with this traumatic experience and there's an event or an activity that's after that chapter that helps you work through those things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's really helpful in this book is it doesn't just talk about a traumatic life. Mm -hmm. It actually gives you tips and tools to use like kind of a workbook within a book to work through your own traumas, to work through your own difficulties and challenges. So it sounds like it's kind of uh, um, uh, part uh, um, autobiography almost, and then part workbook so mm -hmm. that you are kind of having your own experience and teaching about the experience and then giving yes. people the opportunity to process their own experience. Right, right. Yes, yeah, which right. is really powerful. I love workbooks. They're my favorite kind of book that actually helps you like, let's get down and dirty and yes, do it. And I just absolutely. read about it and stay in the intellect. Let's bring it into the experience and embody it. Right. Embody it. Right. Yeah. And so, I, I want to say something about wellness. Yes. Um, because we talk about being going through traumas and living in wellness. Wellness doesn't mean that the trauma trauma never happened or that you forget about the trauma or that you don't have side mm -hmm. effects of that trauma. When you're living well, it's just like having diabetes or any other chronic illness. It doesn't disappear, but there are things that you can do to manage those effects. So you have to decide what wellness looks like for you. For me, it's being able to feel healthy, to be able to understand my body, my responses to certain events, my emotional body, my emotional responses to certain events, and what I can do to recognize those and change those. For example, if I am in um, watching a certain movie and that movie has sexual assault in it, um, normally I can't watch it but one time. That's it. I'm done with it because it's too emotional, brings up too many triggers. Mm -hmm. However, if I can understand how I'm going to feel watching that emotionally, then I'm able to recognize, oh, this is why I'm feeling this way. This is why I have the heaviness in my chest. This is why it's difficult for me to speak or why I feel like I'm gonna cry. Mm -hmm. What does wellness look like for you? Because it doesn't look the same for everyone. Right, right. Absolutely, yeah. it does not, it does not. And, 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 and I think sometimes people get judgy about the fact that the way that one person is approaching wellness um, or healing mm -hmm. is not the way that they think that they right. approach um, wellness or healing. And I would right. imagine in your experience, you've seen so much. Mm -hmm. um, you've seen so much. I mean, when we think about the abuse that happens in the world, which is so hard for so many of us that we don't want to even think about it, right? Right. But we know it exists. And, 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 and when you see that on a day-to-day-to-day basis, Foxy, how do you manage your own energy in, mm -hmm. in witnessing that? So like you were saying, you know, watching a movie and seeing it on a movie, but if I'm watching a movie, it's my choice to watch the movie, right? right. I can turn the movie off. If I'm in work and this is the field I'm in, or, or maybe I'm somebody that has 
had an experience with this, my mm-hmm. my child or my grandchild or my sibling or, or somebody is, has experienced this, how do you manage your energy when you are witnessing or wanting to support somebody who's going through it now, not necessarily the past trauma, but mm-hmm. that it's, it's in the present moment. It is in the present moment. Right. I have a really good therapist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. He is absolutely amazing. Um, and beside that, I do a lot of journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, we call it in the nursing field, we call it vicarious trauma. And it happens when you're listening to the trauma of someone else mm-hmm. and you're feeling their emotions and you're understanding what they went through and you become traumatized by that as well. Yes. First, I have to acknowledge that that's what's happening, that I'm feeling their emotions and it's not mine. Right. Because I can respond to them as if they're mine, become depressed and anxious and all those types of things when it's not mine to feel. Um, and it, I have to bracket which is another word that we use in psychology and bracket is you put brackets around something like when you're writing a paragraph or you're writing a sentence and you put brackets around it. It's like, okay, this wasn't really there, but it's important. So I'm going to put brackets around it. Mm -hmm. So these emotions aren't mine. This experience is not mine, but it is important. So I'm going to be compassionate to this person. I'm going to let them know that they can make it through this that they are powerful, that this was not their fault. And I'll also let myself remind myself those things too. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of journaling, a lot of writing about it when I feel really stressed about it. There's a lot of meditating Mm -hmm. to relax myself. I do a lot of breath work so that I can activate my parasympathetic nervous system, which turns off my stress system and allows me to rest. Um, I look at listening to meditative music to help calm me down. Um, For some people, it may be going to the beach. I go to the beach to ground. I may walk in the grass or put my feet in the dirt. So there are different things that different people will use Mm -hmm. to ground themselves and to make themselves release that energy because you have to get it out. You have to get it out of your body. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you'll start having those same symptoms as if it happened to you. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and what I, what I think is so important, I hope you're all hearing this, that Foxy has said probably 10 times, get it out by writing journaling. So many people have resistance towards that, but Mm -hmm. that is one of the, I'm a writer and burner. So I like to write it and then burn it to transmute the energy, to shift it, to literally take it from physical to physical and then move it. But Just getting it out helps create space for then the groundedness and the centeredness and the breath and things like that. Yes. And talking. Yes. Of course, I do a lot of talking. I mean, it's called I Speak Foxy. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I Speak Foxy. Exactly. Exactly. All right. That's amazing. So again, friends, Lies and Lullabies is the name of her new book coming out in December. Congratulations again, girl. If you want to get um, more information, she's got a free gift over on her website. You're going to go to I, the letter I, speak, Foxy, F-O-X-Y-E, F-O-X-Y-E, .com. And you can get um, her her free gift there. You can find out more about the book and everything else that Foxy's got going on there. So I want to make sure you guys go and check that out or go put it down 
write it down so that you can go check out Amazon in another yes. month and it'll be available. Absolutely. Um, all right, Foxy. So one thing you may want to leave everybody with, and then I'm going to go to just a couple of off the cuff questions. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so what's your one message that you would want to leave with everyone before we go into the off the cuff questions? Be gentle with your healing. Mm. Yeah. Be gentle with yourself. And, you know, you can't expect everything in a day because it didn't take a day to get here. So just be gentle with your healing. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful message. Yeah. All right, Foxy. Here's the off the cuff questions. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, girl. Um, what was your first job? McDonald's. Oh. Dad owned the McDonald's. So all I did was walk in. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. My 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 parents own fast food restaurants too, so that's actually where I yep. started. Also, not McDonald's, but they had their own named after me. But it was fast food was where I started. Yep. So you can start there and move to something else. Absolutely. Know, right? <laughs> yes. Awesome. All right. Um, what is what would you say is one practice? I think I might know the answer just based on this interview, but. One practice that you cannot live without that is just absolutely necessary in your in your life. Journaling. Journaling. <laughs> I'm just I'm just asking that question because I'm reiterating that for all of our friends who are here because so many of them I see they're like, I don't want to journal. I don't like to journal. Yeah. I'm not good at it. Bullshit. Come on. That's right. Journaling. Even if you know, I had my mentor. Um, she told me that I needed to write three pages a day every day. And I was like, there's no way. She said, I don't, she said, I don't give a damn if you write. I don't want to write. I don't want to write on three pages. <laughs> That's what I tell people too. I don't care if it says nothing's coming. Nothing's coming. Nothing's coming. Got nothing to write. Just write that. Yep. And yeah. then something always comes. <laughs> yeah. it, sure does. it sure does. It sure does. All right. Do you have an item that you have purchased within the past year? That is like your favorite thing. Like you just love this yeah. thing. You use it all the time. What is it? It is my black moonstone. It's right here. Ah, <laughs> black moonstone? I don't think I've seen yeah. black moonstone. I've never seen a black moonstone before. And when well, I got it, I was like, oh my gosh. I just love to hold it. And I thought about this interview. And every time I get ready for an interview, I'm always running around like in the last minutes and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot this. Or I forgot that. And I'm like, okay, let me just grab my stone and we're just going to sit here and we're going to wait. <laughs> yes. And and do you feel the groundedness in it? Is that what yes. it does for you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I felt when I looked at it. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Um, if you could, and this might be similar to what you just shared, but if you could have a billboard anywhere in the world that said anything that you wanted to say, where would it be and what would it say? <laughs> it would be in South Dallas, Texas. And it would say, you are worth it. You are loved and you are wanted. Mm. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. We'll just, we'll just put that out in the universe. You are worth yeah. it. You are loved and you are wanted. wanted. I love it. Thank you so much, sister. Fox Jackson, my friends, go check out her website, ispeakfoxy.com. Go check out her book. I love and appreciate you and the work that you do in the world is amazing. Thank you. Thank, thank you, thank you, on you so much. All of us that have ever walked through any trauma, thank you for your service in the world, my friend. 
Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Off the Cuff with SDJ. If you gained some knowledge, if you felt a connection, if you got some ahas or insight into this thing we call life, if you feel like you're a little more elevated than you were before you listened to this podcast, then please subscribe to this podcast. And if you're already signed up, please rate and review it. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you want to get more information about me and what I have to offer, go to my website, Sunny Don Johnston, that's with a T, dot com. Thanks so much, my friend, and I hope to see you next week.